to Soberholic Podcast. This show is designed to address topics that will encourage, equip, and inspire you to explore life's most difficult topics and overcome your biggest challenges. Today, your hosts, Roger and Jason, will share from their own experience how you can find hope and healing in recovery. Good afternoon, Roger. How's it going? Good afternoon, Jason. I'm good, man. I'm really good, actually. We're doing Soberholic Podcast like we do every single week here. Yep. Recovery for every person, every minute, every day. Yeah, that's what I try to live by. Um, sometimes I don't, but it, it, recovery is a process. Um, and it takes each and every day for me to stay recovered, if you will. Do you ever go like a whole day without thinking about something to do with recovery? Normally I don't. I mean, um, I, I think most all days there's either someone calling me, maybe a sponsee, or even now it's built into me. Like if you, if me and you was to get into an argument, I'm already talking, taking my inventory. And so that in itself is, is a way of me looking at, at recovery. So it's almost built into me. Recovery is just a daily built in thing. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I didn't think about something to do with recovery, especially now doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're fiddling with this thing and in, in some kind of way, you know, right. several times a week. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I like it, um, why I enjoy it. It's something I enjoy doing is because it keeps me thinking about recovery even more than than I was when I was, you know, uh, before we started doing this. Yeah, for some people, I guess, doing a podcast or talking, it, it could become burdensome. Uh, for me, it's not. I, I enjoy. I look forward. I almost use this as like a recovery meeting between me yeah. and you. Like, we, we get to talk about recovery. Yeah. And it's really cool. This is kind of some of the same conversations I have with sponsees over coffee. Right. But we're just recording it. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we're like, eh, we should have recorded what we were talking about before. <laughs> before better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So what are we talking about today? Well, we're we're piggybacking off of, off of our last episode when we were talking about how does a habit become an addiction or when does it become an addiction? So I figured we would talk about how to stop bad habits and tips to start a good habit. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. So let's hope, talk about it. I hope you got a lot, a lot to say here. Um, yeah. Uh, I, actually, I, I think I could probably chime in quite often here with this because I, I've had a lot of bad habits, more bad habits than I probably had good habits. But I do seem to. Do you take your good habits to extremes? Yes, I'm bad to do that. Too. Oh yeah, I'm really bad to do that. Yeah, I like do. almost OCD to someone. I know that term gets thrown around a lot. And it's probably not that bad as exaggeration. My wife tells me I embellish a lot of things. But um, that's probably what that is. But I, I do tend to take a good thing and make it a bad thing by overthinking it. Right. And, I mean, I've I've got a few things I do that are probably OCD level. Like my, my nightly routine has really kind of gotten out of hand. I have a set order of things <laughs> I do every single night. Right. You know, and it all kind of revolves around brushing my teeth before I go to bed. That's kind of where it started. And then all these other things started getting added to it where I have this, I have this like 15, 20 minute long process. This ritual you yeah, do. I don't know what's going on with that. I need to, I need to stop some of those habits because some of them are useless. Brush my teeth. Good. Uh-huh. You know, that's a good habit to uh-huh. have. And, uh, but yeah, I, I tend to take some even good habits and kind of go to the max with them and they can become unhealthy like we were talking about last week. But you know, w- with habits in general, there's usually a cycle. 
Have you heard about the whole the whole cycle or uh, a loop loop of we, of we, habits? We mentioned a little bit on the other episode about it, and we didn't go into detail about it. But um, I'm kind of familiar with semi hat works, not the scientific part behind it, just the experience part about it of how it's worked in my life. But um, break it down for us. So there's like a a scientific reason why de- habits develop and get so ingrained in our brains. Um, and it's, you know, some of us for survival. Like, you know, if if you're hungry and you go, you know, um, and you get something to eat somewhere, your brain is going to be like, ooh, that was a lot of food. That was good. You know, we need to remember where we got this from. Mm-hmm. And so, and then you, you, you develop, you know, kind of ingrained patterns by doing that. Some of that is all kind of goes to instincts and all those kind of things. But the habit cycle is generally, you know, you have a trigger that triggers you. You know, it could be you're hungry mm-hmm. and, um, you know, or we'll, we'll just use, we'll use eating a, a piece of chocolate cake mm-hmm. to to kind of build this analogy. So you had a stressful day at work. Mm-hmm. That was your trigger. You get home. You want to relieve that stress, and so you see a piece of chocolate cake, and you're like, that would be good. And so you eat that that uh, piece of chocolate cake, and that is the routine mm-hmm. or the behavior. And then after you eat it, you are during, while you're eating, you have a reward. So you have the trigger, the routine, and behavior, the act of actually doing the habit, and then you have the reward. And the more just like the taste of it, the right. enjoyment of it. And the enjoyment of it or being full or yeah. whatever. And your brain, you know, um, sees all the sugar and all the calories and like, this is a good thing. We want to survive, mm-hmm. you know, that whole instinctual part of our, of our physical, you know, makeup. And so you, the more times you reinforce this cycle, the more ingrained it is and the, and the deeper of a habit it is. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, it does. Because I was even thinking earlier today about what it looked like as far as how habits get developed in my own life. Because I knew we were going to be talking about this. And I was like, okay. And as I was just in my head, I don't know if you do this, but I just I can wander around in my head for a while and forget even where I'm at. <laughs> so I'm watching TV, but I'm thinking. And as I'm doing it, a Wendy's commercial came on. And it triggered me, just like you're talking about. That was the cue that, that kind of spurred the conversation in my head between me, myself, and I. And my next thought was, I would really like some Wendy's. They got these new spicy nuggets coming back out. <laughs> and so there was this craving that I was like, I really want to go eat these nuggets. And so then it came, well, am I going to get in my truck to go get them or not? And so I didn't, but ha- if I would have, my response would be eating the nuggets, and my reward would be the taste of the new nuggets. Right. And so that, that loop kind of starts over and over and over and over. And then it kind of starts reinforcing itself. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, and the way I've seen, and, and that's how a habit becomes second nature, where you're not even thinking about it anymore. When you have a trigger... Um, whether it's stress or depression or whatever. I mean, we're talking about bad habits. When you have those things and then you you actually do it and then you have the reward, the more times you do it, the, the more ingrained that habit's going to be and the harder it is going to be to break that habit. Yeah, for me with smoking cigarettes, uh, there was a, 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 we've probably talked about it before, but the, the cycle kind of looked the same. There was this idea, 
I didn't want the I didn't I didn't I wasn't addicted or the habit wasn't the cigarette. The habit was smoking the cigarette. You know, the enjoyment, the relaxation I got from the cigarette. Taking a five minute break from life. Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, for real. And so then, you know, after I got that, there was the response of me going out and smoking the cigarette and getting getting the five minute break and the reward of, of doing it. So I did all of those things and then I quit after a long time of smoking. And talking about these entrenched routines that we do and how you reinforce those things. Well, that happened. You know, I was smoking about two packs a day. And so there was a lot of routine there. Well, I quit. And this was probably two or three years later. I was still reaching into my pocket to get a lighter and to smoke a cigarette. And there had not been cigarettes or anything in my pocket for years. Wow. And so that, that was just how ingrained that routine was that that's just normal after, you know, after a hard day work, after I got done eating after different things, it was time to smoke a cigarette. Yeah. I mean, it, it just becomes like just automatic, just like you're just on autopilot and especially it is especially hard to break those habits and to start new ones when you have a bad habit that's so ingrained. And I I was reading a book the other day. It's a book called You Are What You Love by James uh, K.A. Smith. And he was talking about the spiritual power of habit. Right. And one of the things I loved about this book is something that I've always kind of had in my brain before. You ever read a book and you're like, I've thought this before, and somebody's finally like articulating it like and I'm just like yes, I love those. I do. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I had I had one of those moments when I uh, because he was talking about the spiritual power of habit in the context of worship, and so, but I saw a bunch of recovery ideas in there too. But I'm a worship pastor, so I saw that side too. I was like, it's like he wrote this for me. But anyway, he was talking about how you can't just think yourself into a good habit. Just willpower by itself, just saying, hey, I want to quit doing this. <clears throat> you know, just willpower and just brain power and just mm. thinking your way into it just doesn't work. If that would work, I would have went to the gym this morning. Right. Yeah, because I did not make it. <laughs> I mean, if that worked, then there wouldn't be any rehabs. Yeah. You know, there wouldn't be any, you wouldn't have to go, um, you know, there people wouldn't have heart attacks from you know, overeating for 20 years, you could right. just, you could just decide, Hey, I'm going to quit this now. Bam. Mm-hmm. You quit. Mm-hmm. So, um, it reinforced a lot of things that I believe for a long time that, um, you, you really have to take action first and you have to set yourself up for success when you're trying to stop a habit. Now this, I think this is different than, say, a full-blown addiction to drugs, Um, what we're going to be talking about today. I mean, this is more for stopping bad habits, not something that's progressed all the way to a full-blown addiction. Um, And in certain addictions, um, eating disorders, drugs, and and alcohol, gambling, some of the more serious ones as far as having more serious consequences physically and, and mentally and emotionally, you need, you know, professional help. But even as you say that, thinking about my time in recovery, especially in AA, there was a a term or a slogan that we said a lot, and it bypassed the thinking part of it and actually the action, and we would say, fake it until you make it. Fake it until you make it. And so I could see that, even working in my recovery. Yeah, and and I mean, 
I don't like the wording of that, but I like the the idea behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're skeptical about something, you know about about trying to change, you know just just act as if mm-hmm. you are going to be able to do it. I've I've heard that one before too. Act as if, right? As the same kind of way as saying "fake it till you make it." Mm-hmm. But I'm a firm believer in the whole "fake it till you make it" thing. Right. Um, and so I really liked his book and, and his ideas behind the whole willpower by itself is not going to alone help you to stop a bad habit or start a good one. Right. So some of the things that we've kind of come up with as far as, you know, we got four tips on stopping slash starting a good Slash bad habit. I said that all wrong. <laughs> well, have you ever noticed we usually only have four or five tips? I don't I know, we've we ever had more. Four or five. Well, I mean, we're Southern boys, and that's about as far as we go. <laughs> that's, five. That's, and heck, I can't go past six anyway, <laughs> man. This is as many as I can go. So oh, um, those never end, do they? <laughs> no, they don't. Does your wife get tired of those? No, no, no. no Does she well, come up with? Is she always coming up with them. Oh, she well, I think she's heard them all. There's very few that I have not heard now. Yeah, I was speaking in a church in Mississippi last week, and um, I got up there to do a little a little spill, and I mentioned that I was a little shorthanded, and it went over about the same way as the rest of them. <laughs> so, I don't know. I've learned how to how to have fun with it. Oh yeah. And and our audio listeners, they don't realize what we're talking about, but I'm making a, a jab of me only having one hand. Right. And you can see it on the video. Yeah. Well, you gotta. It's either laugh or cry about it, right? Yeah. Well, a long time I just used dope to forget about it and numb it, and so now I'm okay with it. So yeah, so yeah, you've come a long way since yeah. since then. So uh, we got five points, right? Four, no, four points. Four. four points. We got four. See, that's the reason we don't have five is because we only have four. Yeah, and <laughs> and like a like a good uh, preacher, I've I've made them all start with the same letter. Yeah, so, and they start with peace. Peace. Yeah. Peace. So the first one. And I think I think all these apply to stopping a bad habit and starting a new habit. So you go in conjunction. So yeah. yeah. So we're talking about stopping a bad one and starting a good one. So the first one is perception. So you wanna you wanna be aware of whatever the bad habits you want to start. You know to to either quit or whatever good habits you want to start. You have to be aware of them. Right. Because a lot of these habits, like we're talking about, they're on autopilot. And so you might not even be aware of a bad habit that you have or a good habit that you want to start. So, you know, you can, you can make a list. Hey, what are, what are some of my bad habits? Getting ready for this episode, I've, I've realized a couple of new um, bad habits that I have that I want to, want to stop. And um, we don't have time to get into all that, but it it was it was neat. Just the fact that just thinking a little bit, I identified some new habits, uh, some some habits that I wasn't aware of that are that are bad that I could probably try to work on to get rid of. Because if we don't perceive it to be a problem, then it's not a problem, right? I mean, same thing with me um, gaining so much weight. I didn't see a problem there. So the next thing I look down and I'm 230 something pounds and I go, huh, there's a problem here. And so it took me realizing that there was a problem there before I was willing to change anything. Right. Yeah. And so just, you know, being able to perceive those bad habits and being aware of the triggers too. Mm-hmm. So if your bad habit is something that you do when you're, when you're stressed out, when you're lonely, 
I think the halt, you know, thing really applies here. If you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, mm-hmm. and this this bad habit that you have is connected with that, and you act out on that bad habit whenever you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, mm-hmm. being aware, just being aware of that right. is the first step um, to to stopping that habit. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to stop something you're not even aware of. Right. So that's really the the first one. And then uh, the second one is patience. You got to have patience to stop a, a a bad habit or start a new one. And I think this is because you know st- stopping a habit that's really ingrained is a process. Sometimes it can be a really long process. Um, you know what is it they they say? I think we talked about it last last week. It was twenty eight days or twenty one days. Twenty one day is what it was originally set at by a lot of experts will say, but now they lean more towards sixty six days. Yeah, so it's not a it's not an overnight you know thing. You're not going to just say, "Hey, I'm going to stop doing this," and then a week later, you know, you're out of the woods. Um, so. And I'm really bad about being hard on myself when I don't achieve something I set out to do. So I I need to hear this from myself. I need to say this in front of a mirror. But you got to cut yourself some slack sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're, especially if you're trying to stop a habit you've been doing for 10 or 15, 20 years, you're probably, you're probably going to slip up. You know, you're probably going to make mistakes along the way. You're going to revert back to it. And so I think trying to stay balanced with, you know, not being so hard on yourself. Um, I'm saying this, but I don't, I don't do this well. <laughs> well, one of the things that I think of when you're saying this is going back to the, uh, the example of smoking in my life is I didn't, when I picked up and started smoking, it wasn't a, it wasn't a habit the first day I smoked a cigarette. Right. And I didn't smoke every day. You know, it, it took, it gradually progressed a little bit. You know, so there was days I would miss. And so when I quit smoking, I didn't just like a light switch or think myself into it. As you were saying earlier, I didn't blink my eyes and just quit. It, it was a, a lot of trial and error to reprogram myself to quit going to a cigarette every time I got done with a meal and so forth and so on. So uh, it, I, I have to accept the fact that it didn't become a habit overnight and it's not going to go away overnight. Yeah. And that helped me. Oh, yeah. And continues to help me. Yeah, being just just understanding that it can be a long process and it's not going to be easy all the time. Um, and, and trying to remember that whenever you make a mistake, don't beat yourself up and just give up. Because that's what I, I've noticed I've, I'm quick to do. Uh, I really, I have really black and white thinking. And so if I'm trying something and then I, I falter, then I just want to just, just throw it all away and just forget it. You know, I don't, I'm not even going to try anymore, whatever. And, uh, Has that worked with your running here lately? Like you, you miss one of your scheduled runs and I'll forget it. I'll just, I just won't run no more. I've done better with that this time around last year with my running. If I, um, you know, if I got off on my schedule, off of my plan, well, then I just beat myself up all day, have a terrible day, mm-hmm. you know, and just feel like a failure because I ran five miles instead of six like I was supposed to. But this time around, I, I don't know, I, I've really made an effort to not be a slave to my schedule. And uh, like last week, I was I was short a couple miles on it. And, um, you know, I just said, oh, well, I'm, you know, some is better than none. So, which is growth for me, um, to, to be able to, 
not be so rigid, you know, with 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 stuff like that. With uh, especially with self improvement, I like to be very rigid, and if I don't hit the mark exactly, then I just want to just throw it all away and give up and quit. So. Well, you just you know, you said these words. You didn't mean to say them to me this way, but you talk about being a slave to your schedule. And, you know, as we're sitting here talking about habits of all these things that we become slaves to, because all these bad habits we're talking about, that's what really we yeah. become is just a slave to these things. And that's so why we need to try to overcome these things and try to get rid of the bad ones and have some good ones in our lives. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think even, you know, with our Christian walk with the Lord, you know, being a, being a slave physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually to anything is not a good place to be in because you're you're really opening up the door, you know, for the enemy to to you're creating a foothold for him to get in your life and with with any kind kind of habit, you know, especially bad habits. I mean, those can be sins, mm-hmm. you know, definitely. Um, some of them can just be bad habits that are not necessarily sins, but especially for the ones that can be a sin in your life, you know, that little bitty, you know, bad habit can really open the door to, to destroy your life in a lot of ways. We've talked about even last show where our habits eventually become addictions, you know, or can right. become addictions. Yeah. And so that's the reason we don't want to start with any of the bad things and let them progress into bigger things. Right? Uh, that brings us to the third one which is the third way that will help us to stop a bad habit or start a good one is planning. You don't want to, you want to spend some time, you know, thinking about if you're going to stop a bad habit or start a, you know, start a good one. You don't want to just wake up one morning and go, I'm doing this now. You know, you want to put a little bit of thought and and effort in on the front end of it to make sure that you're going to be, you know, to help you, you be successful with it. And Every time I've ever started a good habit or stopped a bad one successfully and it stuck, uh, there was always planning on the front end. Um, You know, I know I keep going back to the running thing, but it's one of the main good habits I have right now, The, um, which we'll see if that sticks after I run run my race. I I tend to just hibernate all winter. I'm going to try not to hibernate this winter, Mm -hmm. so... But anyway, beforehand, I, I found a training plan, and you know, I kind of kind of mapped out what you know what that was going to look like. I spent some time in the beginning, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what's what is this going to look like? What is this going to take? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to wake up at four thirty in the morning. How am I going to achieve waking up at four thirty in the morning? Willpower is not going to help me do that. Right, and so you know. One way I set myself up for success with that was I started going to bed earlier because it's easier for me to go to bed a couple hours earlier than to keep staying up late every night and try to get up at 4.30 in the morning. And so, you know, small practical things um, that you need to plan out when you're going to quit a bad habit I think is vitally important. We were talking with some of the ladies in our CR group at a leadership, in our last leadership thing. I mean, you were there. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we were planning out uh, a retreat that we're doing with our leadership team, or actually our whole CR group. And one of the conversations that came up was, what are we going to eat for these meals when we're gone for the weekend? And we wanted to provide healthy options for them. 
And we were trying to figure out what the best thing to do was. And one of the ladies there who says she struggles with food addiction, she mentioned that um, just let everyone know kind of what we're going to be eating. And those who are working on a food-related issue will plan accordingly because they plan ahead. They plan ahead. And I was like, huh, you know, let their recovery be their own responsibility, not mine. And so we try to, to... to plan and do the, uh, as well as we can, but we also leave it in their hands to do that. So that made a lot of sense to me. And, you know, you take the whole, some of the things that we've talked about in recovery over the years, those saying about if you go to a barber shop enough, you're going to end up getting a haircut. So it makes sense for me if I'm struggling with drugs or alcohol, not to hang around the bars. I can say I'm there for a pool tournament because I'm a really yeah. good pool player, <laughs> but ultimately it's probably going to lead it's gonna. It's not gonna end well. No, eventually yeah. you might go there a few times, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I think in the planning phase of stopping a bad habit or starting a good one, what you want to do is you want to you you're eliminating temptations. They're gonna keep you from start stopping or starting that good or bad habit, and like um, somebody who struggles with food addiction, you know, thinking ahead, planning out. Hey, I'm going on this trip you know, and planning out where they're going to eat and, and planning out, you know, the details of it. I mean, it's, it's work. Well, even work, you know, you and I, we've talked, I've talked about it on here about uh, me losing some weight and I've lost like 16 pounds, by the way. Whoa. Yeah, It's coming off, but talking about the planning part of that meal prep is something I've had to do. Cause if I don't meal prep and have a healthy option, I'm going to grab the first quick thing I can get, which is going to be some chips or a snack cake <laughs> because it's just quick and easy. But if I've already got my food laid out in the refrigerator, prepackaged, cooked, ready to go, then I'm good to go. Yeah. So, yeah, planning is very important. You're setting yourself up for success mm-hmm. in that. You're not just leaving it to your willpower at the at that moment. When you're crippled. Well, right. I mean, literally, when when you're like when I'm starving, I don't want to think about preparing food. Willpower will not work right. for me at that moment. Yeah, and mm-hmm. if you have a big chocolate cake sitting in the refrigerator and you don't have healthy options all prepared out and everything, well, then, you know, your your willpower is just not going to be strong enough. Well, I'm going to go back to what you talked about, these entrenched routines. Right. My natural routine was go for the cake. You know, so if I have another option already pre-planned and ready for it, I, at least I can make a decision then. Yeah. And beforehand, there was no decision. I just went for the chocolate cake. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Then the last tip is, number four, is partnership. Or another word for that is accountability. I think this is probably one of the biggest and most helpful ones to me in the starting or stopping a habit and, um, you know, is, is having a community of people or at least one person who you're going to be accountable with. Um, I know for me with the running, if, if, if I didn't have my running partner, you know, kind of encouraging me and, and, and going through this with me, then I would have already quit. There's no way. There's n- I, I just wouldn't do it. I, I wouldn't be strong enough on my own to be able to continue down that road. And I can certainly say the same thing a um, hundred times over as far as with my recovery from drugs and alcohol. There's no way I would have made it without the support of other people. Um, and and I, I think this is probably one of the most overlooked, you know, uh, tools um, to, to – 
ending a bad habit or starting a good one. Because if say you're wanting to stop a bad one and start a good one, there's somebody who probably is wanting to do the same thing as you. Oh, yeah. You know, if it's I want to wake up early and, you know, exercise and I want to eat healthier. I'm sure there's somebody in your circle of friends or family who probably is wanting to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so teaming up with them and partnering with that person is only going to strengthen you because whenever you are feel like giving up, you have them to lean on and vice versa. They can lean on you when they feel like giving up. Yeah, if you even think about a, a, a good habit, uh, many times throughout my Christian walk, I have not read my Bible. Okay, I'm just being honest. I'm I'm not that guy who wakes up and just goes straight to the Word of God. I just don't do it. And so my natural bend is not to do it. But then there's times I get convicted knowing that I should be trying to learn more about God's promises in my life. And so what I've always done is grabbed a partner. I mean, we'll just use you for an example. I can get you to partner with me on that. So you're helping holding me accountable to that. Maybe we read through a, a devotional together, some sort of mm-hmm. a curriculum, a plan. And by doing so, you know, you can go, hey, did you read so-and-so today? No, I didn't. Well, then i got to go home and do it because, you know, you're a reminder to me. And those are some of the things that's helped me through that partnership of, of doing those good habits in my life and that partnership also kind of just goes back to number one circles around to that because whenever you do have a failing or falter on your on your plan then you can discuss it with your accountability partner you can you can say hey here's what happened you know here's why i i got off track you know it was this trigger you know that trigger and then i didn't you know do this you can really bring more awareness into the whole um, the whole issue when you can talk about it with somebody else because they can probably help you see things that you can't even see a lot of times. So we can use this loop pattern for both good things and bad things. Yeah. You know, kind of, our brain works the same either way. You know, it's just it's a matter of what we're feeding it. Yeah. I know that there's one verse I wanted to share with you and, and everyone else. And um, it it hit home with me years ago when I first read this. And it it talks about why it's so important to add a good habit back into our life when we remove bad things. Because there's no doubt, or at least I I pray and I hope, that our our listeners and even ourselves can take what we've talked about today and maybe get rid of a bad habit in our life. But it's it's more than just getting rid of a bad one, in my opinion. Right. And, And this is one of the reasons. Um, we can find this over Matthew 12, and it's verses 43 through 45, and it says, When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert seeking rest but finding none. Then it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds its former home empty, swept, and in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. And what that said to me, man, was like, you know, it's not about just getting rid of a bad thing. It's about replacing it with a good thing. Yeah. And that's what I've I've done in my recovery ever since day one when I started with drugs and alcohol. It's about replacing it with different things. For me, it's been the recovery meetings. It's been sponsorship. It's been service work to other people. Those are the things that I, I've developed for new habits. And, you know, I, I look now for ways to serve others, and that's just not 
what I used to do. Right. Yeah. And I mean, for me, especially in recovery from drugs and alcohol, I tried to just quit and then just lock myself in my room and, you know, hope that, you know, I'm going to be able to just move on, forget about all this. And I didn't, I didn't replace it with anything good. And, uh, that was a hard lesson and it took me a while to learn that I can't just give up, you know, this huge negative part of my life and not replace it with, with something positive in its place. Right. Cause I'm just going to go right back. And, um, and I, and I think that goes right along with, I, I couldn't think myself into, you know, quitting, quitting my addiction to drugs and alcohol. And that was what I was trying to do. I was trying to do it without, you know, without any planning and without any accountability or any of those things. And, and it just didn't work for me. Right. And so even like when you're, when you're thinking about how can I go do all these good things, well, use the same amount of time you used in the bad habit, in the good habit, and you ain't lost any time at all, right? Oh, yeah. Probably or it probably will only take half, half, as, half the time no doubt. to create the good habit as you did spending, you know, in the, in the bad habit. Right. Well, man, I think it's a great episode. Uh, I think there's a lot to take home, even for me, um, yeah. of how I can look at some of these bad behaviors in my life, bad bad habits, and, and maybe make some good ones out of it. Yeah, I know I got a got a list to work on now after just thinking about this for just a little bit. So, so you know, if you're listening to the show, what what habits do you need to work on? What bad ones do you need to start, and what good ones do you need to start? Wait, bad ones you need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. And so, so just, just take some time and, and think about that and, um, you know, uh, reach out to us. If, if there's any questions you have on, on any of the topics of our show, we love to hear from you. We love hearing from the listeners. All right, All right man. There's another one in the books. I'm Roger. I'm Jason. We're signing out. Thanks for listening to Soberholic with Roger and Jason. If you like the show and want to know more, check out soberholicpodcast.com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics.